to another episode of Sessions with Sid. Today I am speaking with Michelle Kiesel, who is a gut health expert, and we dive into all things gut health. So if you are a gut health nerd like me, then you will definitely enjoy today's show. We dive into many topics, such as leaky gut, SIBO, symptoms of gut dysbiosis, elimination diets, and so much more. And if Michelle's message resonates with you, she is actually enrolling in her group coaching program, which starts on June 1st. So if you're someone who struggles with chronic bloating, this is definitely the program for you. Her program will cover diet, lifestyle, stress, mindset, and she will even include a step-by-step functional medicine supplement protocol that gets rid of pathogens such as candida and bacterial overgrowth. Her 12-week program is enrolling now and it will start on June 1st and you can check out the link in the show notes and give her a DM on Instagram. Let her know that you want to join. I also want to say that I am so excited to be part of the Just Thrive Health family. Just Thrive Health makes the only probiotic that I will use now because I realized that all other probiotics are actually a waste of money because the probiotics are dead by the time they reach your gut, which is just silly. But Just Thrive Health actually is spore-based, 100% spore-based, which means that the probiotics are very much alive by the time they reach your gut. They don't need refrigeration because if they needed refrigeration, then they wouldn't survive the 98.6 degree temperature of our bodies. So I personally am using this to fight off my candida overgrowth, and it's the only probiotic that I will ever spend money on again because can't go back. So I definitely encourage you to check it out. If you are dealing with gut issues, the spores actually eat the bad bacteria. And they have tons of clinical studies, and I'm all about studies when I'm looking up stuff to possibly buy or take. So highly recommend. You can use my code for 15% off which is SID15, S-Y-D-1-5, and that code and link will be in the show notes. So definitely check them out. They're an amazing company. The people there have become like family to me. I've talked to them about, you know, my gut issues, and they've pointed me in the right direction, and I just love them. So definitely check them out. All right. Enjoy today's show. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the show and welcome everyone back to Sessions with Sid. I'm really excited to talk all things gut health with Michelle today. So should be really fun and interesting. Michelle, can you please uh, introduce yourself and tell us what you do and what you're passionate about? Okay. So hey, everybody. Um, I'm Michelle Castle and I'm a holistic gut health coach. I got certified through the Integrated Health Practitioner Institute, and I'm really passionate about helping people find the root cause to their gut problems and heal their gut and know the tips and tricks for when their gut flares up and they can achieve optimal gut health in in the long run. Awesome. And what got you into doing this? Yeah, so when I was in college, and I guess kind of even a few years before that, I was suffering with my own gut symptoms, and I really was kind of putting my health on the back burner, you know, being in school and kind of just focusing on that aspect of my life, but always having this awful feeling in my stomach and really having it kind of slow down my school life, my personal life, and everything in between. And so I really started diving into the natural health world, listening to podcasts, reading books, um, seeking out my own help. And I really developed a huge passion for this once I saw 
all the results that came from it and how amazing your life can be once you kind of get rid of all that awful, unhealthy feeling in your body. And after doing that, I really wanted to take it one step further and get my own certification so that I could coach others and help them get their gut healthy as well. That's really cool. Um, yeah. How did you know that something was off with your gut? Like, did you have looking back specific signs that you could pinpoint? Yeah. So it kind of started, um, I want to say my freshman year of college, I was really caught up in that college, exciting lifestyle, binge drinking, staying up all night, eating processed food, pizza, whatever was given to us in the dorms. And I had awful acid reflux, like so debilitating. And then I went to a conventional doctor and immediately I just get prescribed omeprazole, which is antacid. And I was on it for like two years, which is a really long time. You should only be on these things for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, that just really destroyed my gut microbiome and all the good bacteria. So that's kind of when it started. Um, but like while I was taking those pills, I started just cleaning up my diet completely, went and like really clean, eating lots of vegetables, pretty much strict paleo, and just started getting on a health journey with my food. But then um, when I got off the medication, the acid reflux was gone, but then a whole other host of symptoms came in. I had chronic constipation, chronic bloating. I would eat a food and look nine months pregnant, and it wasn't really something I could pinpoint. Like, sure, gluten and dairy, I could tell, could cause extra inflammation, but sometimes it was something healthy like broccoli, and I just had no idea what was going on. And the chronic bloating is like, what really got to me yeah wow um bloating is like one of the worst things i feel like to experience <laughs> like right it's so it's, uncomfortable <laughs> yeah so thanks for sharing that i'm gonna maybe dive a little bit deeper into that because i think it might help other people too yeah. so you went strict paleo which is a very anti-inflammatory diet for the most part but you were still finding that you had these symptoms and like maybe that certain foods were still contributing to your discomfort. What did you then do, even though you did the strict paleo, which helped you a lot, but there were still some remaining issues? Yeah, so I kind of started looking to Dr. Google, which isn't always the best solution. And I was self-diagnosing myself with like all these things, which were true, but I wasn't really aware of how to heal them. So I was just buying random supplements that I saw other people were using online and was just kind of getting influenced by social media and the internet and just spending tons of money on supplements that weren't necessarily working for my body. And then, I mean, I was seeing some results, but the bloating was still there. And it wasn't until I went to a functional medicine practitioner that I got a true diagnosis. And what was your diagnosis, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I had horrible dysbiosis, leaky gut, and a really high sensitivity to gluten, which I like knew was bad for you, but I was like, oh, and I'm not sensitive. I can eat it here and there, but I was extremely sensitive. So like even those little things like soy sauce or mm -hmm. I don't know, other random condiments that have gluten, I had to make sure I was strictly avoiding. Yeah. Um, so the, you mentioned leaky gut. So you found, okay, I have leaky gut, then what? And also maybe for people who aren't familiar with leaky gut, could you explain what leaky gut is? Yeah. So leaky gut I mean, I guess the real word for it is intestinal permeability. And basically, it's when your gut lining, um, you kind of have like these little things in your small intestine called like villi, which are like little hairs. And then um, when you have leaky gut, 
the lining in your gut kind of opens up and um, it kind of looks kind of like little holes. And why it's leaky is because when you eat something, the food can seep through that those little holes and go into your bloodstream. And that's when all of the symptoms occur, like the bloating and um, a lot of people can get like allergies or skin issues. It's because um, things are seeping through your gut and your gut junctions are supposed to be tight and sealed where nothing can seep through it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, that's a really nice description of what it what it is. Um, so how did you then proceed knowing, okay, I have leaky gut. What did you do after that? Yeah, so the functional medicine practitioner put me on a elimination elimination diet first to see if there was other foods I was sensitive to because I mean, gluten, I got um, a blood test for, but a lot of other foods you kind of just have to take out of your diet from a certain amount of time. And there is a process of reintroduction that um, is really probably the best way to do it is with someone that can guide you through the elimination diet. So I did that to see if other foods were um, sensitivities. And then I was also on a herbal protocol to get rid of the excess bad bacteria in my gut, which was yeast and bacteria overgrowth. And so after you did all of that, did you find that um, your symptoms went away? To an extent, yes, but it was still kind of there. And I'm all about functional medicine practitioners, but the one thing I think that was lacking for me was that kind of hand-holding support because, I mean, yes, I would go into the appointment like once a month or every two months, but I just didn't feel like the support I needed because I would just get sometimes flare-ups and I wanted help. So that's kind of why I became a coach so I can learn everything myself and troubleshoot personally and then help others in the long run. That's awesome. Um, it's so cool when people take their own experiences with something that was frustrating, I imagine, because I also I have gut stuff I'm trying to heal right now as well, and being able to turn it into something that you help guide others on their journey and to be able to say, like, it's going to be okay. Exactly. I want to do the same thing. Yeah, it's good to have that relatability and that passion and that knowing that it is possible to help someone. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. Um, it was such a nice picture of kind of your journey and very digestible, <laughs> pun intended, oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> bites. Um, so how, maybe we could kind of branch this off into how might somebody know if they have leaky gut or gut issues in general? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the main common symptoms are probably going to be like bloating, but there's a difference between eating a meal and then having like your stomach a little distended. Like that's called eating food and your stomach stretches. It doesn't mean you're bloated, but it's kind of when you like eat something and it just doesn't sit well at all. Like you literally look like you have a baby growing inside of you. Or for me, what I was experiencing was like a feeling of fermentation, like this like bubbling feeling. And that's just like the food kind of rotting and it's not being able to digest because you're either lacking stomach acid, the right enzymes, or you're sensitive, the bacteria is eating it, whatever. There's so many things it could be but that's like a huge sign. Also constipation is huge. Not having daily bowel movements is a sign that there's an issue. Um, a lot of gas, um, whether it's like the bubbling or you're farting all the time. Um, having acid reflux is also a gut problem. And then things that are not even related to like your digestion, like skin issues, um, having imbalanced hormones, how you feel if sometimes depression, 
being fatigued and having no energy all day, um, autoimmune diseases, allergies, like honestly, your gut is like in charge of everything. Yeah. Um, so you hit on a bunch of different topics that I would love to cover, um, that you, that you just mentioned. I have like all these little tabs open in my brain. Um, maybe we could start with skin issues. Yeah. Um, how, how would someone go about addressing if they have skin issues, kind of addressing those through their gut? If I hope that made sense. Yeah. I mean, I think you kind of have to realize that you are what you eat and your cells turn over from the food that you put into your body. So if you're eating junk food, you're going to have junky skin. <laughs> like, um, so I think like it all starts with what you put inside your body, the more like fresh produce, um, whole real food you put in, the better your skin. And then also I think it's kind of just finding out what that underlying issue is and fix it from within to get that balanced um, skin look. And a lot of um, hydration is also key, what, like through water and through hydrating foods as well. Yeah, that makes sense. I have a question that is um, pertaining to something I've experienced recently, which is um, I started the Whole30 and about, I would say like a week and a half or a week in, I actually developed eczema. Do you see that as... I've heard like, oh, that could be some kind of a detox reaction or like, how would you view something like that? Um, I think I would look into the specific foods you're eating because I know in a lot of these programs, you're probably eating a lot of the same foods over and over again. And it could just be that you're sensitive to one of those foods. Um, it very well could be a detox, but I mean, I'm not really, I wouldn't probably classify it as that. I don't think your body detoxes through eczema. If sometimes acne could be your liver detoxing, but eczema is usually um, a reaction. That's interesting. Yeah. I was thinking of that and how like nuts tend to be like a go-to when you're doing mm -hmm. like a paleo diet because, mm -hmm. or like a whole 30, because they're so convenient to like carry around or like have nut butter and Admittedly, you know, I've um, been eating like a nut-based approved Whole30 thing. And so I'm thinking now that we're talking like maybe it's specific food, like maybe it's nuts and I try just keeping those out for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I know there was a point where like, I mean, I still do this just like I'm obsessed with almond milk, almond butter, almond flour. And I was consuming that every day that I started like getting bloated from the almonds. And then once I rotated them, didn't have them for a bit and added them back in, I was fine. So sometimes our bodies just need to switch things up. Cool. Thanks for that. I'm going to have to try that. Um, okay. Other, I have so many different tabs. Um, I'm wondering if there, I've heard that, when somebody heals their gut, that they can then tolerate things that maybe they couldn't before? Is that the case? And if so, um, maybe what's, what's the mechanism behind that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me personally, when I was really healing my gut, there was a lot of foods that I couldn't tolerate. Like I, um, I wasn't, couldn't eat grains at all. Like if I had quinoa or something, I would get massive bloating or even a lot of like fruit or just sometimes cruciferous vegetables, like foods that are in FODMAPs, um, which are commonly um, removed while you're healing your gut. But I wouldn't recommend doing that long term because you're missing out on a lot of microbiome diversity. So yeah, I think just as you're healing, like certain foods just have um, like, God, I can't really um, pin, like, I know FODMAP, but it's like fructan, oglycerides, kind of blanking on what they exactly um, stand for, but. Yeah, I know them too, and I'm like. It's like monosaccharides and all that. 
Disaccharides. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> we the, get the gist. Polyols. <laughs> yes. But they really, they have like, um, so these foods have like different sugars and they're harder to for your body to break down. So when your body is going through this healing process and has bacteria, it's hard for it to break down these sugars. So it's kind of nice to give your body a break and let it kind of heal itself, um, get your injunctions tighter and get more of that beneficial bacteria in your body. And then you're going to be able to tolerate those foods. The like healthier your gut is, the more you can tolerate. Yeah, that makes sense. I've noticed in like in the past, if I've been eating pretty paleo that, I mean, dairy is like a huge one for me, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I just, it destroys me. But I've noticed in the past, yeah, when I've eaten paleo for a long period of time and then had some dairy that I, I think I was actually okay, which was like a miracle. So I'm going to see if I can maybe do that after a while of healing um, right now. So yeah, it's a really interesting topic and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. It's all in like the balancing. So like once your body's balanced, then you can add so much more back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you kind of hit on this question a bit with the FODMAPs, but are there specific foods that tend to be rougher on the gut, so to speak, than others that people might um, be able to kind of watch out for or try eliminating to see if that helps any of their symptoms? Yeah. So when doing an elimination diet, the foods you remove are gluten, dairy, eggs, soy, corn, um, pork, and I think those are the main ones that I know off the top of my head at the moment. But those are like the most common triggers. And then, of course, there's going to be other ones that I guess are more bio-individual for people. But like gluten, dairy, and eggs are the top three most common food sensitivities. And then soy and corn are super like genetically modified that they irritate people as well. Yeah. Um. Do you, just out of curiosity, um, because I'm thinking of like autoimmune and like nightshades, what is your take on like nightshades and I guess how those affect the gut? I think that's super individual. I mean, I think like if you're eating them and you feel fine, then why remove those healthy foods from your diet? Um, I mean, of course you can be sensitive to them, but I think it's about experimentation, like taking them out, seeing if you feel better, and then slowly adding in one at a time. It could be like one of them that hurts you, not all of them. And like they're healthy foods. So the more healthy food we have in our diet, the better. Yeah. Not cutting out too much. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to get so restrictive on yourself that you're just stressed about what you can and can't eat. Yeah. That's definitely not a good place to be. Um... Okay, maybe we could move into, I know you had gotten a question about what could people add to their diets to support their gut? Mm-hmm. Maybe we could go into that. Yeah, so I think um, something to add is foods rich in probiotics and prebiotics. So for probiotic foods, that can be sauerkraut, kimchi, miso. Um, those are great sources of probiotics. And then prebiotics are going to be like onion, asparagus, jicama, um, food, garlic, and foods of that nature. But a lot, of, if you have bacterial overgrowth, I would avoid probiotics because you don't want to be adding more bacteria when you have bacterial overgrowth. You want to get rid of some of that bacteria first. Okay. And for someone kind of trying to figure out what exactly their gut issues are, where do you recommend they start? And what do you recommend in terms of like 
is there testing that people should get done or yeah yeah i highly recommend lab testing there's a lot of really accurate guesswork we can do from based off symptoms and experience but to get the most accurate protocol lab testing is key um, I would guide my clients through what is called an organic acids test and it's a urine test and you get like the markers of over 75 acid markers in your body. So it shows you exactly how much yeast is in your body, bacteria, um, mold, fungus. It even tells you vitamin levels, neurotransmitter levels, ketone cycles, like it's so in-depth and can tell you so much about yourself and give you a really good picture of what's going on internally. Cool. I've not heard of that before. And then you look at that test and then you're able to help clients with like a tailored protocol, basically? Exactly. So I'll be like, okay, like you have this yeast overgrowth, so we're going to treat it like this. You are deficient in vitamin B, so we're going to add that and see if that helps energy. Like there's just a much more tailored approach when we can see the data. That's really cool. Sorry if I'm jumping around a little bit, but I have. That's okay. So excited to chat with you about gut health because it's yeah, it's so fun. Um, it is really fun. So you mentioned neurotransmitters. So let's go down maybe the like mental health, mood route. How does the health of our gut affect our mental health? Right. So we have a gut brain axis. They're literally connected by the vagus nerve. So think about it, when you are nervous for something and you get butterflies in your gut, that's like your anxiety giving your gut signals. And then also, um, reverse of that, if you eat a lot of processed food, you could be like fatigued and low energy or like moody, like it just signals back and forth. So it really goes both ways. Like if you're stressed, you can like rush to the bathroom, like Sometimes I know if I'm like nervous for something, I have to go to the bathroom immediately. <laughs> so there's that connection. And then also like if I eat like too much sugar, then I'll be the next day like, oh, I'm so lethargic. I don't want to get out of bed. So it's just so connected and intertwined. Yeah, that part really fascinates me as a mental health practitioner. And just, you know, we always see those like statistics, what is it, 90% of our serotonin, serotonin yeah. in our gut? And that just like blows my mind because from a mental health standpoint, if we can get people to take care of their gut health and address that, like that could help people's depression, anxiety, like schizophrenia. I've read like it can help with pretty much all mental health um, problems, I mean, may not eliminate them completely, but it just completely fascinates me that this center of our body can house like so many processes and most of them being mental. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's huge where like your diet can really shift your mental well-being. Yeah. And uh, along with mental health, um, and while being, maybe we segue into sleep. That was a really smooth transition there. Um, yeah. How how do you – I know you like to talk about sleep, which I, I love talking about as well, but how do you see gut health and sleep kind of going together and how that impacts your sleep? Yeah, so we have our, like, circadian rhythm, you know, I'm waking up with the sun, sleeping when it's down. Our gut bacteria have their circadian rhythm as well. So when you're not having a night of good sleep, those bacteria are, like, pumping out excess toxins, which the next day can lead to, like, your fatigue, your moodiness, your sugar cravings. I know when I don't sleep well, the next day I probably consume like a lot of extra food and it's probably not coming from vegetables. <laughs> it's like I want more carbs, I want more sugar and it's just because that bacteria is like hungry for that. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Along with cravings, um so what I've kind of heard. I mean, I'm not a 
you know, nutritionist or gut health expert by any means. I love learning about it. And so I've heard that um, when you have dysbiosis in the gut, that can actually lead to more cravings. Can you talk about that relationship? Yeah, absolutely. So when you have dysbiosis, it means you have more bacteria, more bad bacteria in your gut than good bacteria. And what do the bad bacteria eat? They eat bad food. They eat sugar. They eat refined carbohydrates. Um, vegetables is not what they want. They don't feed off of that. So the more of what you have inside your gut, like they literally control your cravings. Like when you have candida overgrowth, your yeast is literally controlling your cravings. So a lot of the times, like, it's really not your willpower. It's not your fault that you're reaching for that cookie. It's your microbiome. It's controlling you. That's really fascinating to me. Um, I don't expect you to know the answer to this because this just popped into my head, but I'm thinking about, like, disordered eating and like maybe binge eating or like overeating and thinking about how that dysbiosis could maybe be a part of that is that yeah, one, oh a hundred percent because when you think about it you're feeding yourself and you're feeding all the bacteria in your gut so you're obviously going to need more food they're taking so many of your nutrients and depleting them so you're going to be ex extra hungry and crave excess food to make up for the nutrients that they're taking away from you. Wow, that is fascinating to me. Yeah, so it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like helping people with disordered eating can actually maybe be getting them to be on a very strict kind of, whether it's paleo or just some sort of healthier I hate using the word clean, but for lack of a better word, like a cleaner diet to maybe right. get over the hump of all the cravings and then be able to really heal their gut so that they can eliminate these compulsive behaviors. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the times, I mean, it's really your gut microbiome controlling these decisions you're making. Mm -hmm. So I'm always interested in like people's perspectives on like different diets. Um, so this is completely just open-ended, but do you have any opinions on the types of eating that can help heal the gut? Um, I mean, there's a lot of like, there's paleo, there's keto, there's carnivore, there's plant-based, like there are all these different ways of eating out there. And so I'm just curious this opinion, you know, what, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, I think it's super individual. What works for me may not work for you, but I do believe in a more plant-based approach um, just because the more plants we eat, the more diverse our microbiome is. And the only way that we can feed the good bacteria is off plants. Like plant, I mean, our like gut doesn't eat meat. Our gut eats plants. Um, I think that if animal protein works for you. It has a lot of nutrients and there's a lot of benefits and go ahead. I don't shun it at all. But I do think that steering away from vegetables is extremely harmful in the long run. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear people talk about their different views. Because I know like carnivore has been really healing for people. Um, but maybe it's not always as good for people long term, but then it's good for other people long term. So yeah, I think it can be a short term fix, but not a long term solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious, just because this is relevant for me. Do you have any thoughts about Whole30? And like, can Whole30 actually help someone, I guess, get to like a better baseline? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of eating whole foods. Like, I think that's the number one thing we can all do is eat whole, real food. But um, as long as you don't feel like you're super restricted, um, I think Whole30 is a really great um, program to go through. Um, you're getting used to eating more whole foods and adding a diverse um, addition to your diet. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So a topic that you've posted about recently 
which I found super interesting is the relationship between the COVID virus and gut health and how the health of our gut can actually play into how we're maybe more immune, if that's the word, to contracting it. Yeah, I wouldn't really say we would be more immune to contracting it, but I would say that um, our gut health can certainly, um, not predict, but kind of um, prepare us more for it. So for instance, there's like new research in this bacteria called Prevotella. And when people are having these gut symptoms with the virus, um, which is one of the common indications of COVID, then that could mean that you have an increase of this bacteria. And we all have some of this bacteria, but the overgrowth of it is where it gets dangerous. And the overgrowth of it comes from having um, an unhealthier microbiome. So kind of those people that are maybe, I don't want to say like unhealthy, but (laughs) just have a more diet of processed food or have underlying conditions where this bacteria can proliferate, um, then they might risk contracting this virus in a more severe way that can give them these symptoms. Yeah, I think that's so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I like kind of read a little bit of the research on it, but it goes super in depth and it's super fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's so, so cool. Um, okay. I'm just thinking where to go next. Okay. So maybe we could talk about fasting, which is another, I think, super interesting topic. Um, how do you see fasting as helping with our gut health and maybe how could people incorporate that or like how would you do it? Yeah, I'm a big proponent intermittent fasting, not necessarily for extreme time constraints. Like all we really need is 12 hours between breakfast and dinner. Um, That's what our, like the minimum is. Um, I personally do 14 hour fast, 16 is too much for me. I get hungry, I feel restricted, I end up binging, so it doesn't work. But anything from like 12 to 16, you're good. And basically, it's super beneficial because your body is able to clean up. Um, Our body spends so much energy digesting food that when we get that break, you can work on other things. For instance, getting rid of that unwanted bacteria, clearing those pathogens up, getting rid of dead cells. There's just so many benefits that our body is able to kind of work on and different systems that it can kind of rebalance when it's not focused on digesting food. Yeah. And I saw that you recently did a longer fast. Um, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. Um, I think you did, was 48? Yeah. So I'm doing this functional medicine detox and it's first two days of it are fasting. I'm only drinking this shake that has like vitamins, minerals, and a little bit of protein. And it's not easy, let me tell you. (laughs) I mean, maybe for some people, but not for me, I get hungry. Um, So yeah, I mean, after it, I felt really good though. Like when you have your first meal, not only did I like feel very satisfied from it, but wow, like vegetables taste so good. (laughs) And I felt so grateful for food, which are just like little other things that made it feel good. But yeah, it's just really good to kind of have um, sometimes a little bit of a longer fast just to get extra autophagy and clean up in your body um, just because of like the environment we live in. There's so many toxins we're exposed to daily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did a, so I did a 48 hour fast except for, I stopped at 45, but I still counted it because I was like, well, I basically made it. Because, you know, it's like when you get to the point where you're feeling like really shitty, it's like, all right, maybe I should like call it. Exactly. um, I got to that point, but I totally hear you on like, you're just like so much more grateful for food. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you found this, but 
I wasn't even like that hungry. Like I just, I felt like, you know, shitty and that my head was bothering me and stuff. But like, once I started eating, I was like, I can't actually eat that much right now. Yeah. Your stomach definitely shrinks and you kind of get back into that. I think more mindful approach Mm -hmm. where you're not just like scarfing things out. You're just like, Oh, I'm savoring this bite and it tastes good. And this is what I actually need to feel full. Yeah. And you talked about mindful eating. So this, everything's just flowing so lovely. Um, Can we talk about how mindful eating can also help with um, gut health? Because I know you've talked about like different things in that realm. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the times when you are eating in a stressed out state, that's a huge contributor to bloating. Just like imagine being super tense, your stomach's not able to digest any of your food. And like, I mean, I'm still guilty of this, don't get me wrong, looking at my phone while eating, but I really am trying my best not to do that because I notice such a difference. First of all, I don't eat as much because I listen to my signals of when I'm full, so I don't overeat, which if you overeat, you're obviously bloated. And then also, it's just you're more relaxed, your body's able to digest every bit of food. So, I mean, just starting there, like there's so many free tips you can do to deal with bloat. Yeah, thanks. Um, so another avenue I wanted to go down was calming inflammation in the gut. So let's say you're exposed to something by accident, like you you said gluten is like a big one for you. So let's say you eat out at a restaurant, you're, you know, exposed to gluten, you feel like shit and like maybe what are some in the moment things that people could do to calm that inflammation? Yeah, um, I've definitely had it where I knew I was exposed because I immediately blew up. Um, But in that case, I would drink a lot of water, flush it out, Um, also add in digestive enzymes, helps break it down. And then before bed, I would probably take a binder, like activated charcoal to soak it up. And then I would try to intermittent fast, um, maybe a little bit longer, so the inflammation can kind of go down and try to kind of flush it out of my body. Yeah. Um, It's so funny. It's like you're on the same wavelength as me because I was going to ask you about digestive enzymes and how those could be potentially helpful. Oh, I love them. (laughs) Especially like going out to eat and stuff. They're just a huge helper and giving you that extra support in digesting food. Do you use them mostly if you eat out or do you use them kind of all the time or like how would you use them? There was a phase when I was using them all the time when my body needed healing, but you have your own digestive enzymes that you make. So you don't want to like do that for an extended period of time, maybe like in a healing process. Absolutely. And now, yeah, maybe like if I'm eating out or if I just ate too much, then I'll like help myself and just break down my food more. Sounds good. So another topic that we talked about a little bit earlier was constipation and how that's a big sign that something's off. Um, do you have any, um, I guess, similar to the calming inflammation question, like any hacks, so to speak, on let's say someone is like, I haven't gone to the bathroom in two days. Like, is there anything that they can do to kind of help move things along? Yeah, I think like it's kind of, that weird thing where it's like, okay, you need to go to the bathroom to get those toxins out, but you don't want to get like used to a laxative or a stimulant or something. But a really good thing to add um, is magnesium. And I really like natural calm magnesium powder because you can kind of just take a good amount of that and it'll flush you out that night. Maybe like if it's a couple of days, I would do some like teas, like smooth move or something, just because you really need to get that stuff out of you before you can fix that underlying issue. Mm, Okay. 
So basically what I'm hearing is like if someone is really constipated, like there's something pretty severe going on. I think if it's chronic, then yes. If it's like every once in a while, I mean, it happens to everyone. It could be like so many things that can contribute to that. Yeah. The chronic constipation is definitely something that needs to be worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we're going to just kind of prefacing this with, um, we're going to get like, I don't want to say graphic, but we're going to talk about like poop. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, <I'll do> it. <laughs> so. We talked about like being constipated, but then what if somebody's on the other end of the extreme and they're experiencing like a lot of diarrhea, for example, like right. what could be going on there? Yeah. I think it's the same thing. Um, the same underlying root causes, just some people's bodies um, manifested differently. Like the excess bacteria in your gut could come out as diarrhea. Well, for me, it can make me constipated. It's just super individual. Yeah, so it sounds like it's really important to work with someone who can really get the bottom of what's going on. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. there's so many guessing games you can play, but how long are you going to guess until you just want to get the results? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely um, know what that is like for sure. Me too. <laughs> it's not – it's such a frustrating process to – Yeah, for sure. Patients, and sometimes it takes years. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm just now like – scratching the surface on this. Um, so definitely learned a lot about patients. Um, (laughs) so with the virus going on, it's really important for us to, um, consider like our immunity and keeping ourselves healthy at this time. What are some maybe go to tips for people to increase their immunity or maybe things that you do that you want to share? Yeah. So I think just number one, getting rid of processed food, eating a whole foods diet. So making sure you're just eating healthy. That's a huge thing. Limiting alcohol also that can affect your microbiome. And then just adding in some extra support, like during this whole pandemic, I've been upping my vitamin intake just to stay safe. So that means vitamin C, zinc. Um, I take some colloidal silver. Um, I'm literally just looking at what supplements I have out right now. (laughs) Um, Some turmeric, extra probiotics, um, propolis spray. Oh, I love Beekeepers Natural. Yeah, that's what I have. Yes. Yeah. So I think um, vitamin D is also great. Just making sure that you're kind of covered on all your vitamin and mineral bases. Awesome. Those are some great tips. Well, we have covered a lot of um, amazing topics. I know. We hit so many. (laughs) I know. It's so fun. I'm thinking now there's actually one more that I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, And then I want to open it up to you because I I want to know if there's anything that you have remaining that you'd love to share. But this idea of, um, I mean, we talked about FODMAPs, but like fruit and fructose has been one for me that I'm noticing that I don't think I actually tolerate very well. Um, And so I guess I'm wondering what you've seen with people in that and like maybe how would somebody know if they have fructose intolerance I guess besides taking it out but I don't know if that was even a question anything yeah (laughs) I think elimination is probably the best way to test for that um and then I can I think like kind of just getting rid of those foods while you're healing or maybe they just never sit with you. I mean, your gut is always changing. And what sits with you today might sit with you tomorrow. And like, it's just can change can happen like in an instant like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it sounds like there's like a, a level of checking in with yourself too, like intuition and. Totally. I mean, someone else can't really tell you what foods work for you. You have to kind of feel it out yourself. Of course, there's like, 
the obvious ones, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty, it's what makes you feel good. Yeah. Is there anything else remaining that you would like to talk about? Or I always like to ask my guests, are there any messages that you want people to leave with? Yeah, I mean, also, I wanted to bring up that for me, I think a lot of the healing um, was mental as well. Um, when I kind of flipped the switch and was like, that's it, like, I am healthy, I'm free, kind of just like changing your mindset, that was a total shift in healing. And I think that if you're kind of playing the victim, like, why am I always getting sick? Why can my gut never heal? Then it's probably not going to because like I said, your gut and your brain are connected. So I think just being kind to yourself and being really positive will exponentially um, increase your healing process. I'm so glad you said that. I think that is so important. Like, checking in with ourselves on what are the stories that I'm telling myself mm -hmm. about gut health. And I definitely fell into that trap where I was like, I don't understand why I have so many issues. And it's like, I wasn't taking full ownership of the fact that I was eating like an asshole sometimes. Right. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> totally. Not <laughs> taking responsibility. And it's like, I think it's just like what you said, like flipping the switch and being like, I'm making a decision to heal myself. I have control over this and I'm just going to get my mind right and do it. Um, and I think along the same lines, like that flip can easily be switched back to, well, screw it. I'm just going to eat things I know I'm intolerant to because I don't care or I don't feel like I'm going to heal. So what's the point anyway? And I think that it is so much mental of like, I'm doing this. There aren't any exceptions. I kind of like relate it to when I'm like treating people with addictions. It's like, you have to, you have to want to stop what you're doing to be able to do it. And it isn't that simple, but at least getting into that mindset. Absolutely. Like you have to be ready to make that change. And for instance, with clients, I can only coach you through the process, but I can't make that change for you. You have to be accountable and take the actions. Yeah. I think that's the perfect message to leave people with. I have really enjoyed talking with you about gut health. Me too. It's been so fun. So much fun. Can you please tell my listeners where all the places are that they can find you and how they can work with you? Yeah, absolutely. So... My main um, page to find me is Instagram, and I am at GetWell with Michelle. So just shoot me a DM. Um, I'm responsive on there. Um, I also have a website, and it's GetWellWMichelle.com. With was unfortunately taken, so mm. that's a kind of short there. But yeah, Instagram is the best way. Awesome. And I just want to say for everyone listening, Michelle's Instagram is one of my favorites when it comes to like health and um, like gut health tips. Like I just really appreciate how you make things very simple and it's very aesthetically pleasing and you can always take something away and bookmark it. Aww, and go back to that it. means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really serious. So I definitely give her a follow and I'll put all of your links in the show notes and Thank you so much for coming on. This has been really fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited for this to come out. Yeah, same. All right, thank you.